0: not eating fasting we're continuing our discussion on the role and the rationale behind the communal fasts in judaism last week we discussed three of the five communal fasts the ones that were most closely associated with the destruction of the temple what we're going to do this week is wrap it together with the last two but then fit it into a general structure a bigger picture, a tapestry that allows us to connect to both the history, but also the specific message that we are using it as a platform to grow in. We discuss the role of fasting, and how fasting helps achieve these goals. So please join me, this is Judaism From Within, and I'm Simi Lerner. Once again, continuing our work through the writings of Rav Hirsch, we're going to look at fasting. Just to recap, why do we fast? And it really does fall into two categories. The first point is it brings something to the forefront of your consciousness. It makes you actively live with the historical memory as part of your day, and thereby the message that we're walking away from in terms of personal development, constantly above the waters of the subconscious, let's call it. But also the fact that the very thing that you are working on is being lived out not only symbolically, but also in actuality. You're moving yourself away from self-seeking. You're moving yourself away from pleasure-seeking. The thing that traditionally has been the downfall of peoples, when they become too self-focused, where they start worshipping things in their own environment and aspects of their own imagination. This is what you are actively training yourself with over the course of a day that when you're hungry, you tell yourself no. So Rav Hirsch split the point of fasting into two categories. The causes of the downfall morally of the Jewish people, but also our own moral decay today. It's either seeking of the self, or putting in colloquial terms, seeking of stuff. Consumerism. Now, obviously, these have their place. You can't deny the self, and you don't not buy things. But there's always a danger that these things can grow to excess. And that's the point of a fast. And when they grow to such an excess, that's destruction. That is Devastation. We experience that in our own lives, when I get too self-absorbed, I lose relationships. Rav Hirsch sees that being identified as Sinas Khinam, which was one of the reasons for the destruction our sages give of the Second Temple. But what about when I get obsessed with things that I want? Well, Rav Hirsch looks at that as being expressed in the three cardinal sins, specifically the obsession with sensuality that the Jewish people had. Now think of the responsibility that's being articulated here. Again, I can't, I find it difficult to escape from the enormity of that. Our downfall, we don't look to others, we look to ourselves. Because it could so easily be that the Jewish tradition would have a list of enemies, from the Canaanites to the Philistines to the Romans to the Greeks, and we point to them. But it's never the case. It's never a story of revenge against the ones who caused our downfall. It's always a story of where were we lacking? And how can we grow in the now? And that's what the fasts are about. The seeking of the self or the seeking of stuff. The seeking of pleasure. These are the two cardinal sins in human history. And the cause of downfalls of civilizations. So, the first... Is the seeking of self the second is the seeking of pleasure but hirsch sees the first temple's destruction being an expression of the seeking of pleasure the destruction of the second temple the seeking of self through the idea of sinaschina which is baseless hatred what does that mean baseless hatred you randomly hate people that's a bit silly you don't randomly hate people for no reason but you distance yourself from people you distance yourself from people because there is focus elsewhere. And where is that focus? It's with me. And that decays relationships. That's what fractures relationships. But what are the other two fasts? So we spoke about Asar the 17th of Tammuz, and Tisha B'av. But the Soim Gedalia and Tana Sesta. Rav Hirsch sees these being the expression of the very same principles but in the exile. And remember how he played out that structure of The temple's final destruction was only one stage in a longer pattern. First, there was a siege, the walls were breached, the temple was destroyed. But now we introduce Soim Gedalia, the fast of Gedalia. And cutting a long story short, there was still a remnant of Jewish people left in the Holy Land. But then, because of zealotry on the part of some, the desire for heroism, the desire to turn things around, he was killed. He was assassinated with the enc- a lot of political intrigue, which we're not gonna go into right now, but he was basically murdered by an assassin. And then the last amount of Jews fled at the protest of the prophets. They fled the land, and that caused the final straw, when all independence was lost in the land of Israel. And that was the final ending of that chapter. And then you have Tannus Esther, which we know the story of Purim, but the situation is different in both. In the situation where it came to Babylon, the Jews were being oppressed. I mean, things were working out in Israel, things were growing in Israel at that last stage before Gedalia was murdered, but we were under the oppression of the Babylonian king. In the situation in Persia, Persia was a more pluralistic society. The Jews were under a good influence. Things were going well for the Jews. They were living amongst the people in Persia and the surrounding provinces, So, Rav points to the difference between the two. There is a role for us to play in the Gollus when things are going well, and there is a role for us to play in the Gollus when things are going not so well. And he sees the message as, when things are not going well, as we had when the temple had just been destroyed and the Jews had been sent into exile, that is not the time to raise the sword and try and take it back. There's an amount of the self where you have to put it to one side and recognise this isn't the time. Part of living in exile is respect for the host country. Now, this is hard for us to accept, especially from Rev standpoint, considering he was talking in the German context. But he wasn't talking about some sort of pacifism. He wasn't talking about a quietism. He wasn't talking about that let things flow over you and just take no, take every beating. No, he stood up against injustices to the Jewish people. But he did it within the laws of the land that he was in. Rav Hirsch looks at the story of Gedalia that exile had been deemed necessary. The Jewish people were sent into exile, thereby they owed loyalty to their host country. They owed loyalty to the country that they were now part of. And that was part of the divine plan from Rav Hirsch's standpoint. He sees the move of the assassination of Gedalia as once again fitting into our previous structure, a focus on the self that individual felt that he had to uproot us from exile. Rav Hirsch said that wasn't his place. His place was in the context of a land that he owed fealty to. He owed his respect and his loyalty to the Babylonians at that point. He was in exile and he was under their jurisdiction. Rav Hirsch sees the story of Gedalia as the final nail in the coffin of the Jews being in Israel. And since then, things had not returned... Things started to go well, but because of this assassination, it all went back to square one and the Jews were finished in Israel at that point because of one man's obsession that he himself had to make a change when it wasn't his place. So Rav Hirsch once again fitting into the same structure as the destruction of the second temple, that, that focus on the self emerging in the story of the exile in Soim Gedali and Tanist Esther. When things are going well for the Jewish people in Shushan, things are going well, they're going to parties. But this is where you have to recognize there is a limit to the first point. Yes, there's loyalty that is owed. Yes, there's fealty to our host countries. Dinei de dina. We respect the laws of the land, but to a point. The institution of Tanis Esther, Rathash looks at as being an expression of the Jewish people's recognition that they didn't do so well. They gave in to the pressures of the culture. They give in, to an extent, to the Persian climate. This Rav Hirsh looks at as being the problem. This Rav Hirsh looks at as being the idea we're commemorating when it comes to Tanus Not so much the self, but once again, here's the seeking of that which is outside, the seeking of pleasure. When things are going well, we, of course, enjoy the fact that we're free, but we have to recognize there are barriers, there are borders, there are limits, and our mission to the Tyra, and our mission to our own commitment to our moral framework can't crack because of cultural pressures. Rav Hirsch sees the Jewish people's institution of Tana Sesta at this difficult time being an expression that in some way they gave in on that front. And to give in on that front really does close our circle because we have two sections, inside the land and the gollus. We have two categories of work, of personal transformation, the seeking of the self and the seeking of pleasure. The seeking of the self emerged in the sinas chinam, in the destruction of the second temple, in the murder, the assassination of Gedalia. That was self. But we see the seeking of pleasure emerge in the three cardinal sins in the destruction of the first temple. And in Tarnas the seeking of pleasure, the seeking of that which is outside me to excess. And Rav Hirsch closes it all together. These are the fasts of the Jewish people that we they are instituted for us to learn, for us to grow, but in very specific areas, that we're allowed to experience the fast, allow the messages that come to the forefront of our mind, but also to experience that when I don't eat and I don't indulge in things that I want, I'm working on the focus on the self, and I'm working actively on the focus of the seeking of pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and, uh, The last one on fasting is actually on personal fasts, voluntary fasts, but we'll leave that till next week. Have a wonderful week.